Welcome back to another volume of Truly Disturbing Tales from Reddit. Today we're going to be narrating three new unsettling stories taken directly from the platform. I encourage you all to sit back, grab a snack, and enjoy these terrifying personal accounts. Now, without any further delay, let's jump right in. I enjoy taking solo camping trips. I find this to be an easy way for me to relax and just chill out. I went into the mountains yesterday morning and set up my tent in a campsite near a pretty popular mountain range near me. I had zero Christmas plans, so I thought I would go camping instead of sit at home. I also thought it would be an awesome time because I imagined there would be very few people at the site with me. I was correct, but a little surprised that I was actually the only person there. Everything was totally fine, and I was enjoying myself. I decided to call it a night early since I had done a pretty large hike earlier, and it definitely tired me out. At about 8pm, I began to clean up everything and got into my tent to wind down for the night. I passed out pretty quickly, but at about 3.15am, I woke up to the zipper of my tent, very slowly unzipping. Now, I'm a super light sleeper on these trips. I tend to stay on guard because, like I said, I was all alone. I also placed my head by the entrance of my tent for this very reason. I woke up, shook off the cobwebs, and immediately understood that someone was trying to come into my tent. I have a handgun I bring with me for protection, but have never fired it outside of the shooting range. Never once had I been put in a position where I needed to but my adrenaline immediately shot up. I slowly grabbed my handgun and faced it towards the entrance. I decided to announce myself. I yelled, I have a gun, and I will shoot you in five seconds if I don't hear you run off right now and leave me alone. He was silent for about a three count until I heard someone starting to run off. I kept my handgun facing the entrance for another 10 minutes, just waiting to hear any sort of movement at all. I heard nothing, so I decided to grab my phone and call the police. They were about 20 minutes out, so I sat there still, in the defensive mode, waiting. When the cops arrived, I came out of my tent and announced that I was the caller. I gave them my story, and they decided to look around a little bit. Not even 20 feet away from my campsite, they found some dude trying to hide in a tree. It's winter and the trees are all bare. Come to find out, it was some guy who took mushrooms at another campsite nearby, on one of the other sides of the mountain. He was lost after walking around, and thought that my tent was his. He was a younger kid, maybe early 20s, and I could tell he was pretty shaken up. They arrested him, and as they were throwing him in the back of the car, he yelled to me, Man, I'm sorry about that. That was all my bad. The cops asked if I wanted to press charges, and I told the cops not to worry about it. I was pretty pissed about it, but even if this guy was lying about thinking the tent was his, I knew he was harmless. It was just some dumb dude who was high. Regardless of that, they arrested him. I packed up all my stuff and left the campsite right then and there. I knew there was no way I could have just fallen back asleep, as if nothing had happened. I'm glad it didn't turn into a situation much worse than this. 
I wanted to share this story for a couple of reasons. One, as a PSA for those that go camping by themselves, to make sure you have your just-in-case protection every time you head out. You never know when you'll need it. And two, make sure to use your psychedelics in a familiar and safe place. And if you aren't going to do that, maybe leave some breadcrumbs back to your own tent so you don't creep out someone that sleeps with their just-in-case protection under their pillow. So I moved into a duplex with my ex about three years ago in what we thought was a safer part of the city. One of our neighbors, Amber, works in the duplex rental office and her husband, Ed, was at the time fresh out of prison and had been doing and continues to do landscape work for the rentals, like mow the lawns, cut down trees, things like that. Other than that, he's home mostly doing odds and ends Things like tinkering with his mower or truck or something along those lines. They are both super friendly people, very kind and loving towards others, and always offer to help out. We have smoked some weed together a few times and have talked about all kinds of things, so I thought I could trust them and felt very safe being their neighbor. I once mentioned how sometimes when I'm home alone, I hear steps in the attic over my room and what sounds like a chair being dragged how sometimes the noise follows me around the house and always freaks me out to the point of calling someone just to feel a little safer until the noises die down. Ed says, unprompted, What, you think we're spying on you? He added a chuckle at the end of that sentence, but it creeped me out more than a little. So around then, I end up breaking up with my boyfriend, and he moves out. Ed started texting me, and asking if I wanted to smoke while Amber was still at work. I declined every time, finding different excuses because I still felt uncomfortable around him after that spying on you comment. Then he straight up asked if I wanted to have sex with him because he thinks Amber is cheating on him. I definitely shut that down and it was awkward to say the least. I didn't end up telling Amber because I didn't want to get kicked out or have some horrible awkward tension and I just hate confrontation in general so I kept quiet. That's when I start to hear things in the attic above my room more and more often. It freaked me out even more when I woke up to a loud bang outside my front door at around 4 a.m. one morning. When I went to examine it, there was a small lockpick outside my door on the ground, but no person around. I kept the lockpick, and the next day I texted a picture of it to Amber to let her know I thought someone was creeping around her response was, Oh, that's Ed's. That's his ice pick. Not a lock pick, sweetie. No one can pick your deadbolt with that. But I know the difference between a four-inch skinny-ass lock pick and an ice pick. I'm so scared to be alone here, especially at night. Our addicts connect, and it's not outlandish to think he could be up there spying on me. I even found a freshly drilled hole in the ceiling of my room. I just put some wadded up paper in it and try not to think of it. I honestly hope nothing comes of this and I'm just being paranoid, but with every passing day, I find this conduct to be less and less likely to be innocent. Edit. For everyone saying to call the police, I really have no evidence. I have the lockpick still and pictures of my door being messed with, but when I've gone into the attic, it's been completely empty. 
I've never gone in alone because its opening is in my garage, and there's no ladder, so it requires two people. But as of now, it's a gaping hole above my washer and dryer, and very hard to get into without good upper body strength. I'd call my ex to come home when the dragging would start, but by the time he'd get here, it'd be cleared out. So I'm hesitant to report anything with no evidence. I find myself staying with my current boyfriend until I move out of this place in a few weeks, despite the fact that my neighbors are upset that I'm leaving. It's a strange feeling when you can't even treat your own home as your home. I think that I'm done ignoring this feeling that I get when I'm there. Best to pack up and leave. I'm a girl living in Northern Europe. I won't go into too much detail where this happened because I'm kind of scared that people will recognize me from this story. This tale takes place in October when I had a part-time job in this research center. This was in a bigger city, not like in the middle of it, but it was a 30-minute bus ride from where I lived at the time. Keep in mind that the workplace was in an industrial area, so the only people that really spent time in the area were the workers from these companies. I worked all three shifts, mornings, evenings, and nights. But I did mostly night shifts because none of my coworkers really wanted them. And I'm a night- Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Night owl anyway. So that 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. shift worked well for me. This particular incident happened on one of these night shifts. It was a Thursday night and I was one of the three workers there that evening. We didn't work together. We were all in our own departments, doing different kinds of work. Also, relatively far from each other in the building. I worked at a chem lab, doing water analysis, so it was not any kind of customer service job. We were basically all alone, and it usually got really quiet and rather peaceful during these hours. We had no security guards, but... It was quite impossible to enter the building without an identification card. All doors were locked, and everyone that worked there had these cards where you'd hold them in front of the sensor on the doors, and they'd open. But you weren't opening those doors without your card. You also have to use the card when leaving the building. These locked doors were not only on the outside, but on the inside of the building too. So if somehow someone managed to get through the first door without the card, they certainly couldn't get any further into the building. To the labs, for example. The door locks again immediately after you get in or out. Considering that fact, we never really had to worry about someone getting inside who was uninvited. This particular night, I took a bus and headed off to work. I greeted my coworkers that were leaving as their shifts had just ended and met the other night shifters in the women's dressing room. All normal. I was in a good mood, and so were my two coworkers. When our shift began... We parted ways and went to the different labs. I was three hours into my shift at around 1am when I decided to take my 20 minute break. Two co-workers had gone on their break much earlier than me so I ended up going alone this time. 
Our break room was this lounge where there were a couple of long tables, chairs, a mini kitchen, and a bathroom. I'm not going to lie, this big hall with old flickering ceiling lights was not my favorite place to be alone at 1am when the whole building is almost empty and it's nearly pitch black outside. There were big windows in the lounge, but I couldn't see anything out of them, just darkness. There was always the same eerie vibe at night. I couldn't quite place it, but there was always just the same eerie vibe at night. Five minutes into my break, I decided to head outside to smoke a cigarette. I put a jacket on, took my stuff with me, and opened the door with my card. We had this smoking area in the back of the parking lot, about a minute walk from the front door. If I said that I wasn't scared to be alone in an empty parking lot at night as a young woman, I would be lying. This was the only thing I really didn't like about the night shifts, but I really needed that cigarette. Nothing bad had ever happened, and I live in a generally safe country. So as usual, I just hoped for the best. There was this nasty white plastic chair in the smoking area. I sat in it, lit my cigarette, and from the smoking place, I could see clearly to the entrance of the building. There were bright lights above the door. Usually, I just stared at that door without even noticing it. I mean, it was nighttime in an industrial area, and there weren't many interesting things to look at. When all of a sudden, I noticed a person walking up to the door. It was a man. A man in a trench coat and some elaborate top hat looking thing, holding onto a briefcase. I had never seen this man before, in my work, or anywhere near this place. The man stood still in front of the door, hardly moving at all, facing it though. Even though nothing had happened yet, just this weird man standing by the door, I cannot even begin to explain how scared I was. I had to somehow get past that man to get back inside. He didn't know that I was there at that point, because he didn't see me. But what if he does something to me when I'm trying to get inside? Is he trying to get inside? What does he want? And who is he? This was the only door where I could enter the building from the outside, so I had no choice but try and ignore that man on the door and get myself back inside. What on earth is this weirdly dressed man doing in this area at 1am? There's clearly something he wants from us, and I wasn't even sure if I wanted to know what it was. I started my way back towards the man and the door, while he was standing there, not knowing that I'm here in the parking lot with him. The closer I got, the more scared I felt. I had to stop and think again. I knew it was part of my job to confront unwanted people trying to get in and tell them how to contact our customer services. But keep in mind that this was past midnight. Weird man who appeared out of thin air. And me, an 18-year-old girl, alone. I had this gut feeling that I should not go to that door. I decided to call my coworker that was there that night and ask if she could meet me at the door to let me in, so I didn't have to face this man alone. I slyly crept behind my coworker's car that was in the parking lot to make the call. I was hiding behind the car in this position where I could still see the man through the car windows. I wanted to see if he would leave, and then where he went. My coworker answers the call, and when I start whispering in the phone, doing my best to explain the situation, I watch in horror as the man turns around and stares right at the car that I was hiding behind. I don't think he saw me, but he had for sure heard that there was a woman talking behind the car. 
What happened next? Straight out of a horror film. When this man found out there was someone behind the car, he started slowly and quietly approaching me, not knowing that I could see him through the windows of the car. But here's the thing. He didn't walk. He didn't run. He was on all fours, crawling towards the damn car. I couldn't even scream. I just froze out of fear of seeing this man crawl on all fours right at me. That's when the phone dropped from my hand. As this man got closer to the car, I see both of my coworkers opening the door, waving and screaming at me to run and come in. They didn't need to tell me twice. I made the dash and made it inside so fast that the man didn't even have time to react. When he got up and started running after me, the door was already closed. The second he heard the door lock itself, he turned around and started speed walking away, eventually disappearing into the darkness beyond the car that I had just hidden behind. We called the cops immediately, and they arrived at the front door after not too long. They didn't find anything or anyone. The man had disappeared as fast as he had appeared, and I don't think anyone has seen him since. After the shift, my coworkers walked me to the bus stop and waited with me until my bus arrived, making sure that I got home safely. Forever thankful to these lovely women for opening the door for me before that man got to me, and God knows what he would have done. There is one element to this story that I have to give proper attention to, because although the entire experience was unsettling, I think that this takes the cake. When the cops were at my job, they went searching for this guy and found nothing. I told them that I had dropped my phone when he began to chase me, and where they'd be able to find it. But after looking all around the car I was crouched behind, they didn't find a thing. I suspected that as the man took off, he saw my phone on the ground and took it with him. My suspicions didn't go unchecked for long. When I got home that morning, I hopped on my computer to use Find My iPhone, and for whatever reason, I was unable to locate it. Facing the reality that I likely wasn't going to get my phone back, I turned to Facebook to vent on what had happened hours before. As my page loads, I see tons of notifications, way more than what I'm used to getting. I think to myself, whoa. But the reason why becomes obvious almost right away. There had been a status update from me a few hours before, but there's no way it could have been me. It was made at 2.45 a.m., and I hadn't had my phone since around 1. The words in that status gave me chills. And I don't think I was alone in feeling such a way, as many of my friends had commented on it already. It read, We didn't get the chance to meet this evening, but there's always next time, now that I know where you spend your nights. I'll be seeing you. After reading that, and putting together who had made that post, I immediately called my job and requested to be put on the day shift from here on out. No. You don't know where I spend my nights, and I for sure hope not to be seeing you. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. 
Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.